Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 235th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing great as always, Cameron. How, how about you? Kyle, I could barely see you over there. Yeah, wearing camo. Yeah, <laughs> good one. Thanks. <laughs> um, Kyle, how are you feeling? Missouri uh, Tiger basketball doing well. Um, mm. Any other sports going on right now? Uh, some people watch Battlehawks football. Okay. I personally haven't myself. I've watched some highlights. I watched a little bit of the NFL Combine okay. this past week. How are the prospects looking? Oh, they're looking great. Looking crisp and just, just yeah. Are the Chiefs going to draft a wide receiver? Uh, it's very possible. Kind of depends on where some of those guys fall, but obviously at the at the end of the first, it's very possible. Who do you like? Who do you like as a wide receiver for the Chiefs to draft? Mm, I don't think Jackson Smith and Jagboa will make it that late, but they could take a stab at Quentin Johnson or Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. the two guys that might be in that range at the end of the first potentially. I'm interested to see where uh, Jalen Hyatt ends up. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's he's an intriguing pro prospect. Yeah, the speed guy from yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, he uh, torched Mizzou. He sure did. Yeah, um, but he did, did that you, to basically everybody. Yeah, so it's okay. Did you see the offensive lineman that had a torn ACL and then came back out and had the most reps? He like tore his ACL. Did you see this what? in a no. drill at the combine? What came back out in a knee brace and did the most reps on the bench press of anybody up to that point mm-hmm. wow okay it's a stud cameron's not impressed <laughs> i thought you were gonna say he ran like the three cone drill after that no <laughs> like, within what? reason that it was amazing <laughs> yeah no i mean get on him for doing that toughed it out just toughed toughed it a real out. tough cookie he did 38 reps more than i would be able to do 38 more than i'd be able to do yep um, okay, so what all are we going to talk about this week? We are going to kind of do a little summary of the regular season, and I have a, um, a surprise for Kyle. I'm going to um, repeat back some of your preseason predictions oh, great. to you, see how you fared there. And we're going to talk about the SEC tournament. We're going to talk bracketology, all of that good stuff. Uh, before we get into all that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review wherever you listen to us, and of course you can support us directly on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. So, it feels like it's been a while. Um, Mizzou basketball finished out the regular season with a win over Ole Miss. I don't know how much we want to talk about that game specifically because it feels like everything since then is way more important, mm-hmm. but... Um, it was good to finish out the season with a win, and that that game to me felt like almost like a microcosm of Mizzou's entire season, mm-hmm. where it was a little touch and go, but they won in kind of an unorthodox way, and won by exactly how many points they were supposed to win by. Yeah, just winning by outscoring the other team, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> Not like playing great defense, just kind of trying to uh, outgun the other team and, and doing it well in, in close games. Yeah, so uh, to speak to how little defense was played in this game, uh, Miss, Ole Miss shot 70% from two, not as well from three, uh, 23%. Missouri shot 71% from two and 30% from three. So just like mirror image of each other, Missouri just performing a little bit better. And uh, Missouri only lost the rebounding battle by three and won the turnover battle by five. So that equals win. And I feel like that's like Mizzou's entire season is in the games you're supposed to win, win by exactly how many you're supposed to win by and usually give up way too many points. Mm -hmm. And then the games that they were on paper supposed to lose just get blown out. A lot of times just get absolutely blown out. Yep. So that leads us to where we are now. Um, Noah Carter was the Kempom MVP in the Ole Miss game. 17 points in 27 minutes of action. 
He looked really good. Um, Golston, 15 points. Demoy Hodge, 14. And Kobe Brown, 17. So balanced attack, scored 82 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Noah Carter's kind of improved his inside game in the last few games. It seems like he's uh, been able to be pretty efficient from two. And I think at times this year it's felt like his only – offensive option is some pick and pop three where he just kind of gets open and and launches from deep so it was it's good to see him like finishing well uh, you know around the rim and and putting some some dunks down as well Mm -hmm. so I think that that was good for us for sure and Demoy Hodge with five steals so he's just like putting that single season steals record further out of reach uh so Missouri ends the season with a record of 23 and 8 11 and 7 in conference play. Uh, most regular season wins since the 2013 14 season, and with, they also had 23 wins. Most conference wins since the 12 13 season, where they also had 11 wins. If you want to go back to a season that surpassed either one of those numbers, it's the 2012 Frank Haith's first year two seed Mizzou basketball team. So, arguably, the best season tied for the best season since that uh, incredible regular season run a long time ago Mm -hmm. and just right off the top of my head it took a while for it to sink in that Dennis Gates just came to town year one completely built rebuilds the roster goes 23 and 8 in the regular season yeah, like pretty underwhelming roster on paper too. Like coming into the year, we have like a like kind of the centerpiece Kobe Brown returning, who really at this point in his career hadn't done anything too spectacular, at least not consistently, and kind of a bunch of like mid-major guys. Yeah, and it's like okay, well, let's see what they can do. I don't think anybody would have ever predicted something like this. And preseason, it the only way you could come up with anything like this result would be like Isaiah Mosley also being an all sec type player yeah you would have expected him and kobe brown to be like both second team all sec yeah i think if you would have told us before the season that missouri's gonna go 23 and 8 we're thinking oh my god isaiah mosley must be averaging 30 a game (laughs) because that's the only thing that would have made sense yeah i think i think hodge has been a lot better than we thought um obviously kobe brown a lot better than what we thought more consistent than he had ever been before and his mm-hmm. three-point shooting kind of came out of nowhere yeah kobe brown finished the regular season number one in the sec in three-point field goal percentage like 40th in the country yeah yeah i don't think i don't think we would have seen that coming no um kobe brown does get first team all sec dennis gates got sec coach of the year uh by usa today uh, Kobe was also first team voted by the coaches and Dennis Gates was not coach of the year anywhere else that I saw. And actually, um, Jerry Stackhouse was co sec coach of the year. Yeah. Not exactly sure how that yeah, works. Who, what was that? Was that like the official sec one? Like who I saw that as well. It was like co coach of the year with Buzz Williams and Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. That was weird. I'm going to figure out what that uh, officially was. But. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Stackhouse is what, in year three or four? Four, I think. At Vanderbilt. I think they might have actually had a better record last year than they have this year. Um, I mean, yeah, they Vanderbilt's had a really good conference season, but yeah, they they have to win. They, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament no, they had a as a terrible non, non-conference season. Yeah. Yeah. A, a little bizarre. I guess it was the the league coaches really? is, is who voted uh, on that one. I mean, how does it even happen? Just because they just because Kobe Brown was coming back or something, they thought that was just too easy or something? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. But uh, it doesn't really matter. He got the USA Today SEC Coach of the Year Award. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about with – Coach Gates in particular, and actually the uh, color commentator during the Ole Miss game touched on it a bit. And it was just how he was able to come in and establish his culture within the program. And 
obviously a lot of that has to do with bringing in guys from Cleveland State. And even saying that, a lot of it has to do with bringing in, uh, I think, Trey Gomillion. I think he probably more than anybody else was like, if you want Dennis Gates uh, coaching culture personified, Mm -hmm. I think it's Trey Gomillion. Yeah. And I would say that most of the team, their ability to have such a successful season uh, shows how much they bought into that culture and bought into what Coach Gates was offering. Mm -hmm. And his ability to get the most out of them and their willingness to just go all in on this season results in uh, better performance than we would have predicted. Yeah, I think that's how it would have to be. Um, consider, like we said, not not super exciting team on paper. Like none of these guys are coming in with with great recruiting prowess or a super celebrated uh, college experience or anything like that so far. But a bunch of guys who have do who do have experience and a willingness to. Uh, kind of buy into whatever the coach is is doing and I think that's pretty much the only way it could have happened and I think that's exactly what did happen though a lot of high character guys did you see I'm sure you saw everybody saw uh Isaiah Mosley walked for senior day and had his uh I think it was his trainer his his like personal Mm -hmm. basketball trainer was there with him but no family members and coach Gates and um the AD, uh, Desiree Reed Francois, walked him through, like arm in arm, walked him through the uh, senior day ceremony. And just that clip was kind of going viral after the fact. And I think that just shows, I mean, I think for me personally, that put me at ease with whatever has been going on all season long to see Mosley there in the Mizzou gear, going through the senior day process, and the AD and the head coach right there next to him, the the players supporting him, him getting a nice ovation from the crowd, that made me not care about any of the other stuff all season long. Mm-hmm. And I will admit, uh, winning 23 games helped that as well. Yeah. But overall, even though we may never know what exactly result, what happened to result in him not playing very many games this year seeing that unfold just kind of put my mind at ease and i don't have to worry about it anymore yeah yeah clearly indicative of somebody who's who's dealing with some stuff outside of of basketball and uh hopefully everything works out there so i was talking about our preseason predictions and stuff um we we said that the ceiling for this mizzou team was probably fifth in the SEC. Fairly accurate, I would say. It took uh, a little bit of help and came down to the last day of games for Mizzou to lock up the four seed. Um, we also we had a, a pretty big swing uh, from best case scenario to worst. We kind of figured that the worst case scenario was about what the media predicted in the preseason, which was 11th in the conference. And we said that was probably as bad as it could get, and it wouldn't be the end of the world if that's what happened. So for Mizzou to not only be at the top end of what we expected, but actually surpass it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that w- the the floor was probably a pretty accurate guess from us because there's there was three pretty bad teams in the SEC this year. Uh, South Carolina, uh, LSU, and Ole Miss, where, yeah, honestly, at the floor, this team probably is still better than, than those three teams. So that would that puts them at 11, if that, were the, if that were to be what happened. And then I also thought that this was kind of funny. Um, you actually, I have to give you credit here, because you predicted, or you kind of outlined a scenario where Arkansas would not live up to expectations. And we've kind of touched on that throughout the season since that is what came to pass. But you specifically said that, you know, it was kind of the makeup of a team that could disappoint because a lot of their hype was based on recruiting rankings and you're going to be relying on a lot of freshmen and a lot of just um, kind of 
tall forwards who none of them are known for like shooting the ball well from outside. Mm -hmm. And we've seen, you mentioned seeing Kentucky kind of roll with that approach recently and it not work well for them. So I thought that was uh yeah, like all guys that'll be good in the NBA potentially, but yeah, you, you, in college basketball, especially you've got to have good guard play where the ball is not sticking and, is moving around and have kind of a floor general that knows what they're doing. I think typically some of the best teams we see in college basketball always have at least one of those kind of guards. And I don't know that you can say Arkansas really has that. No. Uh, I mean, Black has kind of had to take on that role. And I honestly, he's really impressed me all season long. Mm-hmm. But uh, he turns the ball over too much and isn't the best shooter from outside. Mm-hmm. And obviously they were missing Nick Smith for a lot of that. But it was just funny listening to our preseason episode back and how much emphasis we put on Isaiah Mosley for Mizzou and also uh, Trevin Brazil playing for Arkansas. We were still really hurt by that. Yeah, and both of those things did not factor into the season very much at all. Um, any other thoughts uh, for the regular season coming to an end? Um, I, I feel like after the after Mizzou is completely done playing games, we'll kind of go back through and uh, relive some of the best moments and kind of break down the performances from the whole team. But overall, I mean, I, it's thrilling. Feels good. Yeah. New coach, year one, just blowing away everybody's expectations. One of the best teams on paper as far as wins and losses in 10 years plus. It's awesome. Makes you feel good about what's to come as well. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So looking at the SEC tournament, Missouri gets the four seed and most likely will play Tennessee. Now, it's possible that the winner of Ole Miss, South Carolina, do I have that matchup right? Mm-hmm. It's possible that one of those teams could upset Tennessee what do we actually want to happen there I mean I think that's probably what you want is you I mean you want to not have to play Tennessee okay in the quarters but it's going to happen and so I guess you know in that scenario if somehow we're playing a Ole Miss or something in the quarterfinals then yeah pretty good shot at making the the semis and and you've got a a game against Alabama most Mm -hmm. likely but I guess the good thing about playing one, you're guaranteed one singular game against a, a good team in Tennessee is you can't, you can't walk out of the tournament with a bad loss. True. So, which is pretty much the only thing that can go wrong at this point. I think, you know, Missouri is obviously a tournament lock. Yeah. Just playing for the best seeding possible. I think they're kind of on that six, seven line right now. So that could, uh, you know, that first, first game loss could, could set you back a C line. So especially if it's against Ole Miss or something, but I don't know. I don't think it makes a huge difference, and I don't think that we need to even really think about playing anyone other than Tennessee at this point. So Tennessee, uh, still, if you can believe it, number five in Kimpom. Now that they don't have Zakai Ziegler, he yeah. tore his ACL. That really sucks for him. And but he was such a huge part of their success this year, and we actually saw that in the matchup the first matchup where he fouled out early not super early but early enough to make a difference and Mizzou was able to win that game I think if he doesn't commit that foul Tennessee probably wins that game yep and so without him they're a slightly different team Vescovy has to take on more of that distributor point guard role Mm -hmm. and he's just not as good as Ziegler I mean they just great off the ball but definitely he needs to be in that role and yeah if he's he's having to kind of do do both things at once it's easier to shut him down yeah and he's going to be less effective on defense if he's you know having to do more on offense so um that's definitely helpful they just lost to auburn uh 79 to 70 um the last game of the regular season that's the only reason we're in this situation so um but it is interesting that it, things wouldn't be all that different if we were the five seed. We would just have to play Ole Miss first. Yeah, basically the only thing about being a five seed is you just risk 
a, a bad loss. Yeah. You're just playing a team that if you lost to them, it would be noticeably bad. Yeah. And with this, and I guess, I don't know. It's like you can kind of, I feel like you can look at it both ways where if you play a game, if you, if you have to play somebody, you're, I guess, are you tired the next day against the four seed? Or is it actually an advantage because you've played a game in the environment that you're going to play a tougher game in? Yeah. I don't know. Well, since you bring it up, actually, I do have some statistics Wow. On in this regard. Uh, I went back. I looked at the last 10 games, 10 SEC tournaments. The four seed is 7-3 and three in their first game in the SEC tournament in the last 10 years. Six of those games were against the five seed. They were four and two against the five seed. I think I know the one time it wasn't against the five seed. Uh, they've had four games against either the 12 or 13 seed. Hmm. And the four seed is 13 and one in those games. Hmm. Uh, the one, the third in 2015, the 13 seed Auburn beat four seed LSU. Uh, but I think you were uh, talking about. Yeah, I think I misunderstood you. But yes, the yeah in 2018, the 12 seed Georgia beat the five seed Missouri, but uh, Kentucky took care of Georgia I'm sure in the quarterfinals. Did. Yeah, but they did. So the four seed um, historically seven and three in the last ten seasons. Mm-hmm. So there apparently is. Good enough, enough of a gap there or something about uh, not playing the night before that helps, apparently. But uh, I think you've got some information about the Missouri Tiger basketball program. Yeah. Um, that's less rosy. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know it at this point. Like, postseason play for the Missouri basketball team in the last decade has kind of been a house of horrors for sure. But – I think I will hopefully bring this to a positive spin where if we are to make a little bit of a run here, it'll mm-hmm. just show how big of an impact that will make on just like the total outlook that we've had in the of the, the last 10 years or so. But yeah, I want to quickly run through Missouri's SEC tournament history just from the first year they were in the SEC. It's not very good and they've never made it past the quarterfinals before. So we're at least in the quarterfinals. We this are year. in the quarterfinals right now. So all we have to do is win one game, and we're farther than we've ever been in the SEC tournament, which is wild. Wow. But anyways, okay. So in 2013, our first season, we were the sixth seed. We uh, we won our first game, and then we lost in the quarterfinals fi- quarterfinals to Ole Miss with Marshall Henderson, and mm. they w- they went on to win the SEC tournament that year. I think they won a few games in the NCAA tournament as yeah. well. He was nuts that he year. He was quite, multiple ways. Quite literally nuts, yeah. yes. Uh, in 2014, um, we were the eight seed. We, again, won in the second round, and then we lost in the quarterfinals to Florida, who then also went on to win the SEC tournament. What can you do? What can you do? We just yeah. run into good teams, running into yeah. buzzsaws. Yeah. Um, in 2015, we were the number 14 seed out of 14, and we lost in the playing round. Fun, fun times. Fun, fun times, times that was. Uh, in 2016, maybe even worse, we were also the 14 seed, and we didn't even play because we had a postseason ban. Thank you, Frank, Frank Haith, and we, fake internships. We were the we were postseason ban, but if we had been eligible, we would have we, been the 14 seed. And lost in the play-in round, probably. Yeah. Okay. so it gets What was little, going on with Mizzou basketball back then? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't remember it. Um, <clears throat> in 2017, we were once again – the 14 seed so three years in a row we were the very last seed we actually did win a game that year in the tournament that was the kevin Purrier buzzer beater against auburn and then we lost in the second round to ole miss yeah uh kim anderson already knew he wasn't coming back and oh, yeah. had to go coach another game against auburn <laughs> he's like yelling expletives as he's like walking off the court oh, yeah, yeah 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 i think he that was a man that knew he was not returning yeah um okay 2018 yes we just we just talked about it we were the five seed, just barely missed the double bye. Just brought in a, a new team. Just completely new squad. For the postseason. Yeah, just just throw some new guys out there. Uh, that was a really bizarre game. Just everything about it was weird. We lost to Georgia, had a chance to win, and we did not. So that was a, a second round exit. In 2019, we were the 12 seed. We lost our, or We won our first game in the play-in game, and then we lost to Auburn in the second round. Auburn went on to win the SEC tournament that year. 
in 2020, the tournament was canceled, so we did not play. And in 2021, we were the seven seed. We won our first game in the second round, and then we lost to Arkansas in the quarterfinals. And then last year, uh, we were the 12 seed, and we won our first game, and then lost to LSU in the second round. So just a whole lot of losing in the second round quarterfinals area. We, like I said, so in the playing games, just doing nothing of significance. Just literally ever. nothing. Yeah. Uh, in the playing games, we were three and one. In second round games, we're three and four. And then in the uh, quarterfinals, we're zero oh and three. So just any game that matters at all against like a kind of a toss-up type opponent, anything like that, we have lost. So and then I, of course the last decade is also horrible for what we've done in the NCAA tournament. So, and just, this, and this year with Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee neutral court, even without Ziegler, they're going to be favored by like yeah. seven, yeah. probably they'll be favored for sure. They'll be favored on, on Kim Palm and both by, and by Vegas, Vegas yeah. easily. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's not a good, that's not a good matchup. Even without Ziegler, that's, that's a pretty tough draw. Like, it doesn't feel very satisfying to get that double buy and have to face Tennessee right off the bat. No, it doesn't. And I'm pretty sure last year, I would say that this year the SEC, obviously with Missouri doing what they're doing, uh, what they've done, speaks to there being more parity, I guess, maybe not isn't quite the right word, but it's almost like there's more like the top half and the bottom half of the league this year more so it, it seems like <clears throat> in past years there's more like the top one or two teams mm-hmm. then a chunk of six teams then the bottom feeders yeah yeah we actually <clears throat> like kind of came down to that last uh game or two there for to figure out who the sec champion was going to be yeah and like with vanderbilt having a uh above 500 um conference season uh, Arkansas not being as good as they were, but being right as good as people expected, but being right there in that same number of wins area. Yeah, super weird seasons for Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. Like both, both of those teams having like pretty awful, almost like non-conference seasons, and then just doing really well in SEC play. I don't know if that like says something about the SEC or if both of those teams just kind of figured it out. But pretty bizarre lines for both of those teams. Yeah, and I mean, I guess this is what happens when you have the bottom of the league, the bottom three teams in the league have a combined nine wins yeah. in conference play. That's true. So that's just going to make everybody else's records look more impressive. Um, so, yeah, last year, uh, the five seed in the SEC tournament was nine and nine in conference play. So it definitely... As opposed to that being like a clear top four, I feel like this year you have to go all the way to Mississippi State. I mean, everybody that's not in the play-in round mm-hmm. can win multiple games in this tournament. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, the path to Missouri winning the tournament is really tough. I mean, they'd have to beat Tennessee, then Alabama, and then you'd probably play Kentucky or A and M in the finals. Like, there's not and there's not a super easy matchup at all. Yeah. I'd rather play Kentucky than A&M for sure. Um, yeah, so realistically, what are our expectations here? I mean, without Ziegler, I think Missouri can beat Tennessee. Yeah. I would say if I had to make a prediction on this game. If you had money riding on it. I would, would never put any money on it, first of all. If um, your life depended on it. If my life depended on it. That, see, that's easier, right? That's less pressure. Yeah, but that's less pressure because I would just all day pick against Mizzou if my life depended on it. In a especially with what you just read. Yeah. I mean, talk me out of it. I mean, this is I mean, we're 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 getting on borderline cr- like curse territory here. So we're due. You could say. Uh yeah. That's we're due cur- for that's a how win. curse works, yeah. Well, <laughs> if you break it. Yeah. We don't know. Curses are meant to be broken. Is that what the saying is? I think so. Yeah, I've heard that. Okay. Um, Rules are meant to be broken? And curses. Okay. Okay, so talk me into a Mizzou win here. Give me me something to build my confidence a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just got to be how we did it the first time around. I mean, we we beat Tennessee on their own 
floor when they had Ziegler. And coming into that game, I thought this they, I might be like I thought we might get destroyed. They do everything well that that exploits us. Typically, they rebound well. They have the number one rated defense in the country on pretty much every metric that you look at. Uh, and they, you know, sometimes they have the potential to go on droughts on offense, but for the most part, they're, they're pretty well-rounded everywhere. They do everything well. So uh, going into that Tennessee game, I was like, this is not going to go well. And, and it did because Missouri shot really, really well. And so they're going to have to do that again. Because this is basically this. This is still the, the same Tennessee team for the most part. This, this, they're still going to play incredible defense, and I think this game will probably be a lot lower scoring around than the first time. Tennessee probably hasn't had very many games this year where they both both teams have scored in the 80s. Yeah. That's pr- extremely rare for them. Yeah. So I I do you know I think Missouri is a really good team legitimately. I think they um, deserve to be where they're at, but I also wonder how much of an outlier performance that they had against Tennessee when they played earlier this season. Yeah, I mean, they were just they, – they had a stretch in that first half against Tennessee where they were just making shot after shot where I was almost laughing out loud. It was just in- incredible what they were doing. Missouri from three in that game, 14 of 26. That's 54%. I mean, that might be what it's going to take, unfortunately. Like a, f- a 40% plus three-point shooting performance. Which they're capable of. Yeah, they can do. They can do that. And we plan on a chip. They're, they're going to be playing with a, a chip on their shoulders because of all their, they got snubbed for all those accolades. And, True. Yeah. Including their coach. Yep. We need some kind of storyline there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, lean into that. We're the four seed. We're the better yeah, we're favored seed. And, uh, and everybody's counting us out, including Missouri Sports Podcast. Just kidding. Just kidding. We haven't got there yet. Um, yeah. Go ahead then. Take us there. You want me to make a prediction? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think Missouri will win the game. Okay. Um, I think it's going to, like I said, it'll be a little uglier than last time as far as the offensive explosion. I don't think we'll be there quite as much, but um, I think uh, I think Missouri's going to pull it out a 72-68. As long as they're that 70 threshold, I think we'll be fine. Is that, are we still undefeated scoring 70 or more? Uh, yes. Yes, according to the research department. Okay. Surely we're like what is it seven and zero or something like that, and games decided by five or fewer points. Correct. You th- oh, yeah, we're due. Oh. I mean, yeah. I just feel like Missouri just doesn't end up in the semifinals of the SEC tournament. It's um, just not supposed to happen. Yeah. So I'm thinking. Look at you over there drinking a orange cup. <gasps> Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I cursed us. I've seen worse. That's true. <laughs> um, He's going to pick Tennessee right after he drinks out of his orange cup. I think I think Missouri loses this game. I hope I'm wrong. I think Missouri loses 72 to 68. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll remember that, Cameron. I don't want it to happen. How does that work? You just have to pick wins always? Yeah. Oh. You should have told me that before. Um, okay, so let's say let's let's look at a little what if uh situations here for the NCAA tournament. Um right now Missouri well okay, so how how far I'm counting Missouri out. I'm one of the reasons Missouri's gonna have a chip on their shoulder. Now, if they beat Tennessee, they would probably play, they're def- almost definitely going to play Alabama. D- does the second time around versus Alabama feel good to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we're going to beat Alabama as well if we play them. They haven't even been playing that well. True. They lost to A&M, mm-hmm. right? A&M got to be kicking themselves that the, that wasn't for the regular season. Yeah. They went to overtime with South Carolina. True. Okay. So Auburn took them to the wire. Missouri beats Alabama, then that's the hardest part right there. No. Except then they will lose to AM. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'd take it. Yeah, absolutely. Play on Sunday, play on selection Sunday. Sounds fun. I don't yeah. know what that's like. No. 
The Big 12 Saturday night was always Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Got to do that a couple times. Yeah. We want to play on Sundays. Yeah. Okay. So let's try to figure out what does this all mean for the NCAA tournament? Uh, right now, what are we looking at? You said you feel like we're on the six, seven line right now. I do because I think that the, I don't, I don't know anything really, but if I had to guess, I think the committee is they're they're going to weigh who have you beat who have you lost to heavier than the analytics Mm -hmm. which is still of course a very viable piece of the puzzle and will be considered but i think missouri's resume is up there with teams that are a seed line or two above where they're going on like bracket bracket matrix and stuff like that okay if the season ends today i'd probably just say seven seed yeah that's kind of what i i was feeling like we're looking, I feel like we're on the 7-8 line if the season ends today, but I like us being a 7 seed, mm-hmm. if I was predicting. Yeah. Um, most recently, ESPN has us an 8 seed, CBS a 6 seed. Uh, Bracket Matrix, you mentioned, uh, has us as the last 7 seed right now. Um, interestingly, the worst brackets or the worst seeds that they have for us is the nine. A couple outlets have the nine. One outlet has us as a five seed right now. There is one bracket. I keep really struggling with that word. Bracket matrix. Yes. there. So that has like 99 outlets that it pulls from, and some of which they don't look very credible. I went to their sites, and one of these like kind of crappy little sites has us as an 11 seed. Ooh. And I think they've updated have they updated? I think I think I so. looked at it like two days ago yeah I think uh yesterday I think I don't think they that's probably what bumped us up from an eight to a seven yeah that I, one just singular like a, site one site going from a 11 to a nine I called them out yeah you have to sometimes yeah wake people up yeah you can't be doing that okay so I'm trying to figure out here what's like the best best case scenario is like what you lined up within reason we beat tennessee we beat alabama yeah, just win a game or two lose to a and m and that would i feel like we'd be jumping up to like the five six line it's possible i would feel really good about a six seed yeah. in that situation yeah honestly i think six might be the most ideal situation because typically as a six seed obviously you're playing the 11 seed and i feel like those those 11 seeds are kind of like power five teams that are super lukewarm and they're kind of the last four in type teams. I think a lot of times why the five seeds struggle so much with 12 seeds is because it's almost like the 12 is like that next, like the first tier of like mid major teams that are really good. Yeah. So you'll you, like this year, the 12 seeds is you're probably going to run into Oral Roberts, which is like, they're super talented. They shoot lights out. They've been in the tournament before with some of these same guys that have made a tournament run. Like there are some pretty dangerous teams out there that will probably be 12 seeds. And so sometimes I think they pack a punch a little bit more than some of those like 11 seeds that are kind of just like uh, yeah, double the, digit loss. The 12s are like the best mid-majors that, but they have to win their, they're the best automatic qualifiers that wouldn't get an at-large bid. Usually, yeah. So yeah, that's an interesting dynamic. And then the 11s, like you mentioned, and I feel like that ends up being like the 11 seeds either just like don't show up for their first round game yeah. or like go to the elite eight exactly yeah we've said we've seen that actually happen a few times in the last few years where like the play-in game teams as 11 seeds like make it really far for some reason which i i'm definitely in favor of the play-in games always being at large teams i don't yeah it kind of sits wrong for me that the uh it was like 16 the seeds. 16 seeds win their conference tournament and, and still have to be in a play and game. don't get to be destroyed by purdue or somebody yeah like that's part of it you win your conference tournament yeah. you get to play against a one seed exactly maybe the eventual national champion or somebody i agree um Boy, umbc yeah we i'm hoping for one of those this year one specific oh yeah one. who's that i really just really want purdue to lose in the first round <laughs> This year, yeah, we, we we don't need to get too f- much deeper into the NCAA tournament. We're going to have another week to uh, get our thoughts together on all of that. But um, last week before Selection Sunday, though. 
Selection Sunday. That's it, this yeah. Sunday. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But once we get so the, any other hot takes you have about seeding, you got to get it in. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you think about the fact that Missouri is seven and zero in games decided by five points or fewer? Like, I feel like that's something that could be used to make the argument that Missouri's gotten a bit lucky and they should have dropped one of these non quadrant one games that they barely pulled out. So that's like, yeah, their record is better. The argument is their record is better than it should be. Mm-hmm. And just look at those close games and you see they're seven and zero. that's very unusual. Yeah. They've, they've been playing with fire for sure. And a couple of those games, were even like back in a non-conference probably where they had a couple close games and yeah. stuff so wichita state and yeah. ucf mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they got some super easy wins in the non-conference i mean we're talking like 300 plus kim pom teams so but like we've talked about how that's understandable for a first year coach and everything like that but when you're talking about resume it's understandable that you know a 23 win team that looks pretty nice with single digit losses but you know there's a little fluff there that's fine yeah but they didn't. They did everything they had to do, though. They never stumbled. They don't have a single loss outside of quad one. Okay, so let me play devil, devil's advocate a little bit on that point. No losses outside of quadrant one, but you could argue, regardless of what is considered a uh, like a computer or the bracket system, has us with zero bad losses. Mm-hmm. But a person looking through the resume and looking at some of these losses like the kansas game at home i don't care if kansas is number one in kimpom all season long i would say that's a bad loss Mm -hmm. just because you got to be a little bit more competitive yeah um the The auburn loss the auburn loss is is similar the alabama loss same way those are just games that you a team that but now I feel like we're we're differentiating between a team that deserves to be in the tournament, which nobody's arguing Missouri doesn't deserve to be in the tournament, versus one that deserves a top six-ish seed. Mm-hmm. Is a top six seed somebody that needs to be able to knock off a one or two seed? Not necessarily. So I, I don't know. I'm, I kind of go back and forth. I try to play devil's advocate a little bit and say that even though quadrant-wise they haven't dropped a bad loss, some of these margins of defeat are just kind of glaring. And some other teams in that same range as them are, are not having those terrible losses. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. And also I would add that if we're going to kind of look between the lines a little bit on Missouri's net rankings and their Kim Palm rankings like and say, okay, there's no way Missouri's the 55th best team in the country, but – you could probably play that game with some of the other teams Missouri's played too, where if those rankings might not be totally accurate, I guess. Um, And so if you're going to just automatically, uh, I guess you can't just assume that every ranking is correct in the other quadrants and stuff like that. So there's probably some teams that Missouri's played that are quadrant one games that maybe aren't exactly quadrant one. There may be their weaker quadrant one games or something like that. I think, I don't know that Missouri has any, top 10 wins i think i guess tennessee mm-hmm. would be their only top 10 win this season so i don't know it's uh it's kind of fascinating just to kind of like weigh the different uh all the different inputs that go into the resume and kind of comparing them to teams around them and how they're they're totally different and yeah it's just a lot that goes and into i don't it. want to take it for granted we, we, you never know exactly we may not be able to do this next year exactly these are fun conversations it's, so yeah, Tennessee, Iowa State, uh, Arkansas. I'm just looking at their Kimpom ratings. Yeah. Those are the best three. Then Kentucky, Illinois, those are all top 30 teams in Kimpom. There's five pretty solid wins right there. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I just, I think you're right, though. The more we talk through it right now, I'm coming down on the side of without, I mean, I kind of, going into this conversation, I kind of wanted to be like, you know, I understand where the metrics have us. It all makes sense. And, I, and I'm and i not going to blame anybody. And it does make sense. Right. But um, I wouldn't have blamed anybody for like penciling us in as a nine, eight or nine, having us on the eight or nine line right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have blamed anybody. But I think if you are really looking at all the information and you're seeing like, 
okay, what's the deal? It doesn't make any sense that Missouri's defense is uh, ranked 197th on Kempom. What's going on here? And then you see that it's their style of play is just confusing to the computers. Mm-hmm. Like being so bad at a couple things and being really good at a couple things confuses it. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually choose to believe that the computers have become sentient and they hate us. <laughs> and That's, there's an argument. There's, there's a real theory. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. You know, uh, AI. There, That's true. Maybe, maybe Ken, Chat maybe Ken Pomeroy doesn't actually exist. Oh my mm. gosh. And he's an AI. His Twitter bot. picture is not like a real picture of him. True. He, oh we're my gonna, gosh. We're going to have to do some investigative journalism. The computers have come alive. Yeah. And we are on the bad side, which is not Of course. Good. Classic of course, Mizzou. Of course we are. But another reason that makes me think Missouri is going to be on the higher side than more so than the lower side of the seating is because uh, I, again, I tend to think that the, the committee might be a little more old school in kind of looking at like their their wins as far as their resume less than the Kim Palm rankings because, or just the analytics in general, because if they were looking at the analytics right now, I think Missouri projects as like a bubble team. And on most of the brackets, they're safely in. They're actually ranked in the AP poll right now, which I think actually has a maybe a little bit of a psychological bonus. Hey, we'll take anything we can get. We'll take anything we can get. Like that. So if Missouri can beat Tennessee, I think they've got a real shot to be on the sixth line and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, Missouri beating Tennessee, I think that would be recent enough. That would be impactful enough. I think, I think that would be, um, that would jump us a in a number. Could I think if they if they beat Tennessee and lose in the next round, ranking wise, not seed wise, but in the rankings, where do you think they would end up? Like on Kempom. Or like no, the like, AP poll. Yeah, the AP oh, poll. Uh, probably, probably pretty similar. Yeah, they probably wouldn't. Still move. in the twenty to twenty-five range. Yeah. yeah, depending on how they play against Alabama. Yeah, I don't know. It's always interesting to me because I feel like if you're twenty-four or higher in the rankings, you should probably be a six seed or higher, like based on where you are. But yeah. that's not always how it works right. out, obviously. Yeah, if you want right. to do it like apples to apples, that's right. where they should probably fall. Yeah, but then yeah, then you look at the uh, predictive analytics sites, and we're like around 60th right and then yeah that's bizarre yeah i would love to i'd love to hear from coach gates about the discrepancy or you know there's just the strategy on defense and rebounding and stuff like I, yeah how intentional is this yeah i want to hear him explain that a little bit it's mm-hmm. like is this just you've just found yourself in this situation or how much did you lean into this as a strategy yeah it's got to be a conscious effort to right. some extent yeah, I mean, it's just going to be fascinating though to see what they what they do with Missouri because of just the uniqueness of their profile and um, it's just unlike any other profile or resume in the country, really, um, in my opinion. I'm predicting Missouri Tigers seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I'll probably say seven as well, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with Arkansas because I think Arkansas is like a perfect example of like the opposite scenario where they're ranked really high in the analytics, but their resume is not as strong or even really remotely as strong as Missouri. So it might just balance out and they'll probably both be like eight seeds or something. And Arkansas beat San Diego state in non-conference. Congratulations. And Oklahoma. And they beat, yeah, they have two ranked wins and one was San Diego state. One was Missouri and that's it. Um, they play Auburn. Yes. So go Auburn. Sure. Yeah. I want Arkansas to be an eight or nine seed and be in a toss up game and then get crushed by a one seed. Unless, okay. <laughs> Arkansas is a eight seed. They win their first game. They play Kansas in the second round. Ooh, yeah. Oh gosh. You're not going to really ask me who I'm rooting for. No, 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 no. We don't want to think about it. <laughs> okay. Thank God. I think if Arkansas loses to Auburn, I think they could fall to that 10-11 line. Okay. You know, if if Arkansas is the only rival you're going to give us, we're just going to have to root for their downfall at every moment we That's can. Right. Um, all right. 
talked about a lot of stuff. I, I would it's surely a little easier to root against Arkansas's downfall than our other rival. Yeah, It'd make that difficult. Yeah, you're not supposed to mention that part. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to let Kansas have a one seed and watch them get upset by yeah, that would uh, be really satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> I want them to lose to Oral Roberts. Oh yeah. I don't even know. That's like impossible. Basically. That would have to happen in like the Elite Eight. Basically, yes. All right. We forgetting anything here? Mm-mm. Let's go win a game or two. Win a game. Win a game in the SEC tournament for the first time in centuries. <laughs> have you noticed people saying this century lately? No. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like on like sports talk stuff they've started using that. Like it's been long enough now. They're saying this century, ref, like referring to like two since two thousand to now. And I just feel like it's a weird way to say that. Yeah, just say since two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I I personally really like it. Kyle's gonna start using uh, this this the first time it's happened this century, this millennium, to mean that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I feel like we're forgetting something, but I don't. I can't think of what it is. Are we forgetting to talk about anything? Um. Okay. There's nothing else. Nothing else we could possibly talk about. Um, all right. That's it. Uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, Brandon Hanks. Thank you. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We are on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. I was going to say, like, with the 7-0 in games decided 5, uh, having a, older, a team of older players, right. experienced players that have been through it. Exactly right. Maybe that, that gives you two or three wins mm-hmm. of that type. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week. After a win. <laughs>